Hello and welcome to the 58th episode of Long Live Play, the number one Australian PlayStation podcast full of lukewarm takes and mental breaks hosted by myself, Govinda Whitehurst, and the Sadie Adler to my Arthur Morgan, Mr. Kale Adam. If you like what you hear, you can and should review us on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Long Live Pod. The Twitter's really been popping off lately. You're welcome, everybody. We also have a link tree to other places you can find us if you so wish. And with that shit out of the way, Kale. There you go. It's so good to be back here with you, Govinda. It's been too long, and now we are together again. We can talk about all the hottest gaming news, the biggest winter releases of the gaming calendar, <laughs> and just our hopes and dreams for the future. You're talking uh, US winter, right? Not Aussie winter, because there's nothing coming out in this there's Aussie winter. There's nothing coming out. It is currently a barren wasteland of video games. So all you can do is dig deep into the treasure trove and see what's there, what you haven't played, dig into the backlog. That's all you can do. I am in the fucking doldrums. I've had some grim gaming moments this week, just trying to find a spark. It's like a dead relationship that should have ended a long time ago, and yet I'm still in it. I'm still just hoping that one day I'm going to feel the way I used to. But deep down, I know that I... (sighs) I know that I never will. So I don't know why we're talking about games right now. Like this is <laughs> we get ten minutes at the start to not talk about games, and I asked how you're going, and I just feel like I just need to put you on blast a little bit because I just you've kind of neglected me this week. I've I fucked I up the edit. I I f- oh well, okay. So- wait, we we collectively there were technical issues, and I fucked up the edit. I had a bad time. The episode's still not great. I'm sorry about that. I'm not fixing it. It is what it is. It was catastrophic. But then Kale just kind of ignored me for the entire week until like today and i don't really know what's going on so what's going on is i bought a house and i had to physically move my mother into it now my mother lovely woman hoarded tendencies <laughs> yeah i could imagine so this was this was like some of the hardest work of my life this past weekend mm, so yeah, yes okay, i okay. i was literally there was like a full day of packing at her house before the move and then there was the next day in which professional removalist turned up but even then i did as much work as they did that's Such the mistake it. that's the mistake no no no, gotten... no 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 they were so expensive so i was trying to move the thing along it was an hourly thing so like the more i could do the less they had to do no and i totally get that right because like when but when we moved to this place that we're in now we kind of just i didn't do anything and that was part we were just like we're paying them they're just gonna do it it is what it is i just I just want this move to be easy and painless. And the best way to do that is to sit down while removalists clear out my my townhouse. Oh, this was just so much work. It was just so much work. But it's finally done. And honestly, it feels like a weight off the shoulders. Like, now it's just I can focus on work, the uh, growing child that is going to soon dominate my life. The already fat child that is already dominating your life. Leon. That's the dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the... Uh... It's funny, I was I was at coffee this morning and I saw a miniature dash hound and I was like, that's what Leon was meant to look like. You should really get yeah. some money back for false advertising because you got advertised miniature and he's just yeah. a dash hound. He's not miniature at all. So from what I understand, it's it's kind of a... It's not their fault, really. It is. It is. You've no, got, no, like... You've like... been bamboozled, dude. There's no way a, reg- a miniature dash hound is birthing Leon. I think that... Dog is a fatty. Well, they can't. That's the thing. It's like the <laughs> genetics just throw out like two miniature dax- dachshunds having a baby is not guaranteed to be a miniature. Simultaneously, like if you have two wire hair ones, it doesn't mean they're going to 
be wire hair or even long hair. Like they can just yeah. look like Leon. Like it's very weird how our fucking. I just feel like works. you should. You should. There should have been a clause in whatever contract there was that, like, if in two years you find out that he weighs ten kilos, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure he does, that you should get like half of your money back. That'd be nice. He was already on sale, so. Well, that's why, because they knew what they were doing to you and they felt bad about it, so they just put him on sale. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Fuck. He's cute, though. I don't think I've ever told this story on the show, but it needs to be told. We drove all the way out to what was, in reality, a puppy farm. It was. Mm. That's how you get Do you ever feel bad about that? God, no. But anyway, I'll never forget this. We, we, we saw on the site, we saw the little puppy that we wanted. We drove all the way out there. This little fucking cavoodle comes cavorting out of the back room. They bring you into like a waiting room. They release the hounds into you and you play with all the puppies and whichever one you like, you take home. I'm there, eyes on the prize. I want the one sausage that is left there. He's, <laughs> he's, that's what I was there for. This little fucking cavoodle is cavorting, rolling around and Aaron is distracted by this dog that is putting on a show, to be sure. <laughs> Truly putting on a show. But I, the moment this little sausage rolled out of the back. I knew it because he looked at us and then he took himself away and he sat in the corner and just stared at us. And I was like, that's my boy. <laughs> Not this little like happy dog, like doing little barrel rolls in front of us. He tried too hard. And that's why he didn't get to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you essentially looked for the cat of the dogs. Yeah. And I mean, that was a ruse, obviously. He, his true colors shone through. But, but no, I'm, I'm good. There is a weight off my shoulders. I don't have to worry about that. I've been thinking about that for two months, ever since we bought the house. And now yeah. it's finally the it's impending done. I've got, I've got the internet on, the power's on, like she's moved in. There's work to be done, but the hardest part is over. And now I can rest. How are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, just kind of chilling until I go to Tasmania, which is going to be pretty... F- I'm just That's pretty much what oh. I'm working towards right now. Uh, just as a quick thing from last week, when you were telling us about what you've been instructed to do uh, when you go to the Don't Mona. tell me. If you ruin this for me, I'll I won't. come to I won't. you. But I just want, for the record, everyone to know that I know what happens there. I, I was talking <laughs> to Erin, and she knows about it. So I know what you're in for, and I really hope you go do it, and then we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to. Whatever it is, good or bad. I also uh, was talking to another friend of mine who said I... He was like, you have to get the ferry over to Mona. You just book book the ferry and they have uh, a special ticket that you pay a little extra for called the Posh Mosh. It puts you in like a private booth. You, they give you, I think, wine or champagne or something on the way over. And like the description is about like keeping you away from the peasants and stuff like that, which I really appreciate. I appreciate that. So I'm going to do that too, I think. And I'm, I'm excited to go away and do something. And then on top of that, I was a little concerned because obviously I'm a contractor and me going away for a week means a week of not working, which means a You're week going away less for a money. Week? I thought it was just a weekend. Uh, eight days. We're going from Saturday. We're the twenty fourth until like the next Sunday. We fly back in, so it's like eight days. Yeah, right. We'll probably be actually doing shit for seven. Uh, so it means a week of not working. We're not getting paid, but then all of my rates went up yesterday. I got a new. I got a new oh. rates card with a bunch of new rates, and they're way better, <laughs> like <You're right>. substantially. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, sweet! Well, I can do a week of work, and it's almost like I've done two weeks of work, and that's awesome." So, 
it's, it's pretty chill right now. It's pretty chill. I'm just just holding out for Sony to release these monitors that we probably I don't even think we spoke about properly on the show. And then I'm gonna buy no. that 4K 120 HDR HDMI 2.1 bad boy. I'm gonna You've mount crazy. both of my monitors on a Visa mount. I'm gonna <laughs> dual monitor. My big rig is sitting right next to me. It's gonna mm-hmm. be get a good time. I need a bigger desk. I'm done. This is all the room I can have, and it's. I mean, I love my setup, but yeah, there's no room for me anymore. I would no, have there to... is more room. You'd have to. I just. I think I sent you a link a while ago. You just need to get the uh, the dual mounted like Visa mount monitor rack thing. There is that. So I still like the idea of mounting the monitors to the back wall. So essentially, that's what you'd be doing, but it gives you flexibility to move them, like yeah. to rotate them and flip them and move them. Whereas if you just mount them to the wall, they're just stuck there, and it's kind of maybe too far away. You can't bring them closer. I highly recommend the Visa mount. Uh, like I'll have a look at it. Face amount. It's uh, easy and sick. My biggest issue is I find it hard to clean behind all my monitors as it is yeah. now. So that's yeah. essentially it just clips onto the back of your desk. And so you'll have full reachability to the edge of your desk and mm. they just sit above it. It's perfect. I'm telling you. It's, it's pretty cool. Oi, so you didn't play anything this week? Uh, no. No, I didn't. Well, see, I did. <laughs> that's what's so frustrating. Like, I... So what happened? I was playing Shadowrun Returns last week. That's right. You're playing. You're playing something. I thought you're playing something else as well. Uh, what was the Castlevania-like one? Uh, Bloodstain. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I haven't gone back to that. I, yeah, I still yeah. have it. I still have it, and I'd like to. But uh, Shadowrun Returns, I got like halfway through and was like, "All right, I kind of get it." <laughs> it the pro- well, the problem is because it's a trilogy of games, right? And they're all built on the same engine. The next game is considered the best. It's like Mass Effect 2. Yeah. You know, like, so I jumped forward to uh, Dragonfall and I'm about eh, five hours into that. Uh, it's really good. It is just a step up. It's everything, same engine, same combat, same classes and yeah. everything. It's just, it's just better. I feel like that's the difference between movies and games. I feel like more often than not, the second game is better than the first one. Yeah, which is also not the always, case. Not always, but more often than not. It's also the case with Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire, which I re-downloaded, a game I've played the first half of probably six times, and I just did it again this week. But like I've kind of been saying, I don't know what I don't know what to do. Nothing is really grabbing me, so I keep wasting my time like re-exploring games. I I, I downloaded Assassin's Creed Valhalla in another moment Yuck, of darkness. Dude. Yeah, and why I just like this dude. That game is I'm gonna say that game is mid. It's not bad, but it's not. It's certainly not good. It's certainly quantity over quality. I will say though, like it's just so impressive, like the way settlements are in it. Like even playing something like Forbidden West, like Valhalla is on that level where like the settlements feel quite alive. There's like people moving around and yeah. No, I don't I actually think the world building they do is very good. I just think the actual moment to moment gameplay is mid, and the combat's very average. That's where it falls apart for me. It's yeah, like, well, this that's could have been to me. I oh, see. I, I don't hate the exploration and like the climbing and things. I think that's pretty good. Because even like the upgrading of your own settlement and stuff is kind of interesting as well. Like you're raiding, you get supplies and doing that. But the combat, I just, which is such a big part of the gameplay, is just so. Yeah. I will say they've added this um, thing called river raids. I think we've talked about it before, but like it's a whole new mode where you like raid. It's like a raiding game mode, and it's like a roguelite. So, like, you just spawn into a map. There's a bunch of settlements. You have to, like, raid. <laughs> Steal as much shit as you can. But when your crew goes down, they don't get back up. And you just have to try and get out. 
And like, so the next time you raid another river, the security level will have raised and there'll be like traps. They'll like raise uh, like gates on the river yeah. and like ambush you. And it's like, pretty it, cool. It sounds interesting. I just know that I will not want to play it. You know what I mean? No, it's too big a game. There's too much there. I own both expansions and I've never gotten far enough to go to them. Yeah. And they're like massive <laughs> in their own right. Like, nah. It's a no from me, dog. It's a no from me. I am reviewing something for PC, and we've been talking about it. Traitor. No, I'm kidding. But I'm very excited to play this fucking Escape from Tarkov situation, because to me, and this is the root of my whole point this week, that's new to me, and I'm excited, because there's nothing fucking new. Even on the horizon, like, there's just nothing for Kale, except, like, I'm looking at a list of July, August games. Cult of the Lamb. August 11th is like the next game I'm looking forward to. And that's actually looks more sick, than a but month. That's, I want a Vita, dude. I want a Vita. It looks like a Vita game, but but no, we do not have that lovely device, Govinda. So, uh, how about you? <laughs> oh my God, dude. Lowest energy. It's crazy. It's part <laughs> of my try- bit, how defeated <laughs> I am by the games. You want to you try that again or no? <laughs> no, I'll keep it in. <laughs> Fuck hell. Uh, I got it accepted into the Overwatch 2 beta on my PS Fizzle. That's what I call it. Because <clears> like, I'm cool. Uh, and so I downloaded it and I booted it up expecting to have a fucking jolly old time. And I think it's actually offensive that they called it Overwatch 2. Yeah. It just seems like what they've done is they were like, oh, let's just, we'll just call it Overwatch 2 and people will think it's a sequel, so people who haven't played the game in a long time will come back in and, and play it thinking it's a sequel. But, haha, joke's on you. It's exactly the same game with two new characters. Yeah. And two new levels. Yeah, a couple of new maps. Yeah, I'm like, it's the exact same game. They changed, like, the UI in the in the menus by the looks of it, unless that happened old, like, a while ago. But, like, when you were talking last when you're like, yeah, there's heaps of new characters, that's because you hadn't played in it in a while. When yeah. I looked at the roster, I was like, no, this is everyone except these two new characters. And I played three games and was like, this is exactly the same game. Just to go back to my point last week where I was compl- I was like, if they take all my shit away from me, I'll be upset. It is so much so the same game that not only do I keep all my skins and all my characters and stuff, which is awesome. It's good. That is cool. It's remembered all of my settings from Overwatch 1. Because <laughs> it is literally... Overwatch 1. It is literally a patch for Overwatch 1 that adds a 2 on the game title. Yeah. So, I'm so glad for you that you didn't pay $60 to play this beta. I'm so fucking glad, because that would have been ridiculous. I would have been quite sad. And it's funny, too, just because, like, our different involvements in it. Like, to me, there's eight new characters, but you're right. They were a part of the base game. It's just that I haven't... This is just season X of Overwatch. Like this is not an this is not a sequel. And um and I don't even know why they call like why do you have to have a beta for it? It doesn't make any sense. The only reason I'd imagine they need to beta test this is because they need to figure out if the integration between like the old Overwatch and what they're calling Overwatch 2 works. But this is uh, luckily it's free to play. That's all I'm gonna say. That's otherwise it's egregious. Yeah, I will say I'm still kind of annoyed that I haven't been accepted into the beta. Do they know who I am? Uh, at Blizzard, do you think? Yeah. So or what they did just... is they looked at they looked at your playtime on the original game, and they were like, "This guy is an actual casual, and we, yeah, we can't let him in. He doesn't. No. He's not committed enough." So they would uh, be right. 
Yeah, so they definitely didn't. They're like, oh, he played Diva like for 10 hours and that was it. And we can't accept that. That's unacceptable. So, no, and he was you, a Diva. You are not accepted. So I did that for like three games and that was pretty shitty. And so then I just went back to Death Stranding Director's Cut, which I'm, I'm still just, it's just puttering along, having a great time. It's interesting. I like that the progression of like equipment you get is pretty quick once you get out of that first area. You kind of like every time you do kind of a major story beat, you'll get given some new gear that you can use. So I finally got those levitating platforms you were talking about. Yeah, got some yeah. Some exosuits. I got my first gun, but it's not like a offensive gun. It's just, it wraps people up. Yeah, yeah, like the bowler gun uh, or something. That's the one, that's the one. And it you can I think they even mentioned that you can get bowlers that are infused with your blood to deal with BTs and stuff. Uh, but it's just kind of interesting. And I got to the point where I was like building roads and stuff like that. And then I got the automated bots that you can send to do deliveries for you. And if you've created roads, they're more successful. Like um it's it's good. I like it. I think you've really hit the the bulk of the game. Like that moment where yeah, the highway opens yeah. up. Yeah. That's where it's like, it's pretty fucking awesome from there. Yeah, I think it's, I think, yeah, just what I said last week, it's just different. It's something different that I haven't played before. And I think that's kind of what's kind of driving me through it. The story is very Kojima. I don't necessarily know yeah. exactly what's going on at any given point, but I get the gist of it. And that's all I could really expect in a game like this. So I'm to having be a fair, good time. That was, that was the case for all of Metal Gear Solid Five. I was just like, I don't know what's happening, but we're well, having a good time. <laughs> There's like a general fan consensus that there's a big chunk of that game story missing. At the end, yeah. The first yeah, yeah. part is fine, but even that, it's like... Even that, like the way it starts and stuff within the hospital, I think it, there's bits that just feels a little bit mishmashy. He's just so obsessed with like acronyms and like, you know, like Foxtrot and like the Patriots and like all these like different factions and groups and like Big Boss and Solid Snake and Liquid Die Snake Hardman. and... And punish and game, snake but... and yeah, yeah, it's like, but that's kind of the charm. It's that's kind of, kind of its charm. thing. Like if if you don't like Kojima, don't think you're going to play Death Stranding and it's going to be not the most Kojima game you've ever played. Really quickly, I don't know if you saw. This is a horrible story, but it's worth mentioning. Uh, Shinzo Abe, former Prime Minister of Japan, was assassinated this I week. I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. Did you see that, uh, I can't remember who did it, fuck, someone wrongfully ran a news story and the picture they ran of the the murderer, I believe he was like an ex-Navy guy or something, disgruntled psycho, but they used a picture of Hideo Kojima oh. on the news report and he's threatening to sue. Yeah, I would too. You just got called out as an assassin. Yeah, I actually saw like the story floating around. It's like the picture and it's just him in his little glasses and you're like, holy <laughs> shit, someone's in trouble for this. Yeah, that's a, that's a bigger boo-boo. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I'm, I've been playing Death Stranding and I'm, I don't know, probably, I don't know, maybe halfway. I don't really know exactly how far I am. I guess on the map of America, I'm, I'm get almost at the Rockies. I think that's probably my next main story mission yeah. is hitting the, the mountains mm. there and yeah, I'm getting there. I'm enjoying it. I'm, I don't know how long it's going to take me to finish because I'm again. I just kind of play it when I can. I, I unfortunately for everyone listening, I, I have joined the PC Master Race and it has taken it's some true. of my time away from me, my limited time. He is, so he is one of the Ubermensch, and I've somehow convinced Kale to play Tarkov, and uh, which I don't even know if I want to play because it's scary and painful to lose all your I, gear. I've watched enough now where I'm like, no, this is what I want. I want a ridiculously nerdy little <laughs> yeah, it's, goddamn game. It's so complicated. It's crazy. Uh, I was I try to play some more Halo. I it's not. I don't care. Hey, it's not for me. It's not it. Yeah, I, I fell off pretty quick. I didn't even like. 
I explored a few little zones and that was. Uh, I'd probably be more keen just to play some multiplayer with some friends rather than actually be going through the story. I don't know the the open world thing really kind of threw me for a loop and I well, wasn't living it. Something to consider, like somehow they fucking managed to launch without co-op a Halo game. I don't know if they've patched it in yet, but if that oh, was the case, we yeah, could play could that. Yeah, I could be down. I could be down. It it feels so odd to play Halo with a PS controller, like a DualSense controller. It feels just so, yeah. there's something so weird about it. I love <laughs> it, but it's weird. Uh, and then I was, I've been playing a lot of Forza Horizon. Oh, that's weird for you. I don't really yeah. um, know I don't know why, just, it's just therapeutic and I'm, it keeps telling me I'm good and it keeps telling me to up my difficulty because of how good I am. And I just think that's a really good motivator for me. You like that. It's a very well-made game though. I'm, if you like arcade racer games, it's a good time. But anyway, that's enough of my PC ramblings. It's so crazy how quickly I just let that slide now that I have a PC too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like, now you get it. It's kind of hard to deny how easy it is. Like, you know, it's not like the old days where, like, PC gaming was a fucking shit show. Sure, there's annoying things, like when we were playing Warhammer the other night, like, trying to make that happen. But uh, overall... Yeah. Well, that was just because the multiplayer of that just seems super unstable because it keeps kicking and whatever. But anyway, that's that's beside the point. It's a good time. I Look, we'll actually get to it later with one of our quickfire stories because there's a game I've been, I was looking at downloading, but I was like, no, nah, I'll just wait for it to be on PS5 and then now I'm probably just not going to wait anymore. But I'll mention it when we get there. Well, that's a fun little... Let's try and figure out, audience. Let's try and figure out ahead of time what it could be. No, I'll just but... say it. You don't need to try and figure it out. I'll, just, I'll tell you what it is. I'll tell you right now if you want. It's fine. No, you Red can't Dead do Redemption that because, I did it. because right now it's time for some quickfire news. Also, no, actually, I'm sorry. I'm going to hold you up before we do that. Real quickly, I want to correct myself. I'm going to correct myself from last week. All right. One, I'm going to correct myself on the entire episode edit. It, it was botched. I'm sorry. Many things at play that made that possible. Yeah. Secondly, I said that Sekiro was not one of the 3.5 games. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sekiro? That's right was not one of the three and a half games that Miyazaki was talking about, but it in fact was one of the three and a half games Miyazaki yeah. was talking about. So that would leave just Armored Core 6 if the rumors are true. Now, Kale, now it is time for some quickfire news. Kavinda, let's talk some Tokyo Game Show 2022, which, fun fact, is probably the gaming convention I'd most like to go to. Is that a fact or just an opinion? You decide. Well, it's both. It's If it's your opinion, it is your fact. You know what I mean? Because it's you you're talking about. <laughs> uh, so here's the skinny. We've got a list of publishers that are going. The sad the sad reality is, is we don't know what Sony's going to do. We, we, we never really know. They have a history of going and it makes sense for them to go. But Well, we kind of know a little bit. Well, it's just hard to say with them. Like, I don't know that we get anything major there. No, like, no. Well, I'm just saying they PlayStation is listed under uh, is not listed under the main floor, but they are listed in Indie Game Corner. Yeah. Which is the curious bit about this. So, yeah, they might be there, but I don't know what PlayStation's doing in an Indie Corner when they seemingly hate indies. Oh, um, I don't know why. I mean, I know exactly why that reminded me of it. Uh, that game, Stray, actually comes out soon, but I don't know that I really care to play it. I know you were interested, though. I'm going to play it. I'm going to play it. That might be a... I might even pause my Death Stranding just to play that because I can't imagine it's too long. 
to get the platinum in Stray, you need to meow a hundred times, which is oh. something I'm going to be doing. Because there is a button dedicated to meowing, which I'm into. <laughs> uh, so, the publishers going, confirmed to go, are as follows. We have Konami, THQ Nordic, Capcom, Koei Tecmo, Square Enix, Sega slash Atlas, and Bandai Namco. Shouldn't surprise anyone, all Japanese publishers. But, saying it now... This is where we get Persona 6. It's a long I shot, so. but I, I think it makes sense. Do you think we see more of like Final Fantasy 16 or anything from Square Enix? I'm sort of at a point where I don't really want to see any more. Give me like a 15-minute gameplay, you know, demo. I think that'd That's be cool. That's what I want. That's what I want. Yeah, just middle of the game, just combat and stuff. Like that'd, that'd be fine. I want just like some unabridged like just combat because they were how they mentioned that it, there will be a bat, there will be a party, and I just want to see how that works, and I want to see some just straight up just combat. I don't really care about everything else because like wandering a world isn't interesting necessarily in a demo, but I just want to no, see that, how the combat works. That stuff doesn't really translate well, I don't think. Like the enjoyment of a Final Fantasy game is really you on your own, just like dicking around and yeah, and like I, I'm interested to in, inter- interact with NPCs and go to the towns and whatever. That's cool, but I don't really need to see it. I'd rather not see it. I get it. It's going to be fine. You can't really mess that up too much unless you do what you do in Final Fantasy 13 and just remove towns completely from the game, which was a mistake. <laughs> well, most of the game, not the entire game, but most of the game. But anyway. Moving right along, Kavinda, do you remember Let Me Solo Her? How could I forget? This was, of course, the enigmatic hero that would shepherd players through the millennia boss fight in Elden Ring well. This player has been uncovered, but that's not the story. Their name is Klein Suboy, and while we've just all gotten on with our life, they've continued to slay Melania hundreds of times, hundreds and hundreds, in fact, 1,000 times. Such a round number, such an anniversary deserves to be recognised, and so Bandai Namco did. They sent this player a Gorgeous package that includes a real fucking longsword <laughs> and like some goodies, a congratulations note. It's awesome. I really so like, like this. A, story. It looks like it's got like a wooden hardcover for the game too, with like Melania in it, and it comes yeah. with like a, a cloak as well. Some sort of diploma wrapped with a red ribbon, which I don't know what that is, but the sword itself is hectic. It's like a proper longsword. Like it's a, a full-size longsword of, made of steel that says Rise Tarnished on the, like, near the base of the blade. And it looks wild. It's, it's like one of those things where you're like, God, that would be worth some money. But at the same time, you would just keep it because, I mean, what an incredible feat. Like, you've just risen to this strange fame in a video game. It's, yeah, it's, it's wild. Something I wonder, else. Yeah. It looks sick. Also, it looks like the thing wrapped up in a ribbon was a map. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Good on him. Next up, Govinda, Retro RPG Sea of Stars has officially been confirmed for PS5 and PS4. Now, I stated that this might actually be my most anticipated game. This is a gorgeous when did classic you state this? style. Uh, in my mind. Nice. Mind state. Respect, dude. No, I nearly, I nearly said your most hated phrase, which was I know, off that's air. Why I, I, yeah, I coaxed yeah. you. I was baiting you, essentially. <laughs> So I, you sent this to me in Discord, and then it was in this news thing, and I didn't really know what it was or why I should care, and then I actually looked at it. Yeah. I actually looked at the trailer, and it fucking looks so good. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's it's literally Chrono Trigger again, 
but for the modern age, it, it even has one of the guys that worked on the soundtrack, Yasunori Mitsuda. It does it's... indeed. Uh, and it just looks awesome. There's actually a PlayStation blog post that goes into like deeper detail about a lot of it. Uh, and yeah. some of the stuff they're doing is really, really cool. Like it is strictly turn-based. So there's no like ATB gauge or anything like that, but they've added stuff into the battle to make it more engaging. So like the, cl- I think it's, it's the it's a persona that does it where like if you time your hits, you'll do more damage or is it Final Fantasy VIII? That- my, my understanding is that it was in Final Fantasy VIII. It actually began yeah. in the Super Mario RPG was where you would have oh. a timing battle system and also famously in Legend of Dragoon. I like that it's an actual, actual turn base without the, the ATB, which is good. But they also do stuff where uh, enemies, when you're fighting them, will have these things called locks above them. And there'll be yeah. certain damage types, like one will be like a maybe fire or physical damage with, I assume it's a sword. I don't know if it's specific on weapons or not. And as you break them, they become more susceptible to maybe that sort of damage. But if you break all of them, they just get, it'll stop certain attacks. And like, it's a, it's a cool little system. And then there's also like a combo meter. Whereas if you build it up with regular attacks, you can then combo with other people in your party. And it just looks so sick. And it's like, even that is literally Chrono Trigger. Like your yeah. dual techs, your tri-techs. The, the combos and stuff. It is interesting uh, too, because like they sort of talk about how there's no random encounters like every battle is like you'll encounter yeah yeah i was just gonna say they are uh, on the playstation blog it starts off saying uh they when they were talking to them they they had a few simple guidelines when developing the game and one was seamless transition from navigation to combat no random encounters and no grinding yeah uh, and i just i don't know it just looks so good i can't get over just the art style and the execution it just looks fucking ridiculous i'm aching for a vita 2 it really does just go to show why Chrono Trigger is the greatest JRPG ever made. Because everything we just talked about, with the exception of the lock thing, was in a game that came out 25 years ago. Like, you there were no random though, right? battles. Uh, you could grind, but there were no random battles. Like every- yeah, yeah, no, you exactly see everything what... in the overworld. And... Yeah, like, they're literally just recreating Chrono Trigger nostalgia, and they're going to make squillions off this because yeah. of it. There's a, they also do... Um, there's also more active things to do in battle as well, like... Certain abilities, certain spells you'll cast will, will require you to like tap a button to like build it up. And uh, yeah, just, honestly, I'm I can't get over how good it looks, like just visually. Uh, it's worth noting this is the studio, uh, Sabotage. They made The Messenger, which you might have seen. Uh, that was like a kind of like a Shinobi. Remember the original Shinobi games? Nope. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like... remember The Messenger. I never played it though. Yeah, uh, similar art style, like gorgeous. They're really good at recapturing that old cell shaded, cell shaded pixel, pixel art, pixel style. Yeah, yeah that's the one. I'd say thirty-two uh, bit, maybe. Six, I don't know, sixteen bit. Sixteen. We don't have a, f- a firm release date, though, do we? As no, far as sometime in twenty twenty-three, unspecified. Yeah, hopefully that's <laughs> early next year. Is it is on be... PC already? No, I doubt it. Well, I could have, I swore it said something a lot like it was being they're bringing it to PS4 and PS5 sometime next year, which made it seem like uh, it was maybe already on something. It had been announced for everything else, like Switch and stuff. It just uh, hadn't been okay. confirmed. Yeah, yep, for yep, PlayStation. Yep, cool, 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 uh, Just as a quick side note, we're fucked next year. There's so many games. It's like we're just gonna yeah, drown. Well, until there isn't, dude. Delays, 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 <laughs> delays. Like we're fine. It's all good. Continuing in the JRPG vein, we got a few more details on Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. The big ticket item being that this is, quote, going to be 
so much more than a remaster. And what kind of got everyone talking was this menu-based battle system. Now, I can't remember. I've played Crisis Core on PSP, but it was so long ago. So it was like when ago. it was like when we lived in Brisbane in our teens or early 20s. It was like just so long ago. I don't know what they mean by this menu-based, quote-unquote menu-based battle system. It doesn't make any so, sense to me because in the original, it wasn't... Like, you're, you're just hitting buttons to swing a sword, but in any of the gameplay that I see of this, it seems like you're doing the same and I've not seen a menu pop up since. My understanding. So, there was a slot feature. There was like still an elemental it. slot. Yeah, that's still in it. What I think they mean by menu-based action combat is like Kingdom Hearts. So, like, you have, you do your action combat, but you are selecting, like, spells through a little side menu. No, my, again, so foggy on the details. Like, when did Crisis Core come out originally? Because that's when I played it on PSP. From my memory, Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Just to get in front of that. So, this is new, the menu-based thing. I know. I, I yeah, totally yeah. understand that. But I'm just trying to say, like, that's how it was in the last game anyway. Like, you had the slots on the top left, and then on the bottom right, you had, like, a menu, and you had to choose the order in which he was performing certain actions so i'm still confused by what they mean by this and i need to see more but the thing that i like the most is they've added more voice acting in scenes that were originally text uh they've actually added so much into this that i'm 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 surprised they're calling it a remaster because it is way more of a remake than a remaster in my opinion well that's what they're saying they're saying it's more than a remaster they're trying to like you know build hype so new visuals new soundtrack Better camera, that's always a big one when it comes yeah. to the Old PSP. Game which, ports. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I believe in the PSP one, uh, battle cameras were static. So, you were just, there was a set battle scene and uh, you couldn't move the camera around. But now in this, just like Final Fantasy VII Remake, you can actively move the camera around in battle. I will say, I like that it's getting the skip features that like, you know, Final Fantasy VIII Remaster got. I feel like that's Is essential. that what they're talking about? I think so. Yeah, like where you can speed up grinding and i didn't i don't think that like that was not what i took away from it uh, my assumption when they say skip features is like you if you get into cutscenes and you die and you've got to watch the cutscenes again you don't have to watch the cutscenes. well that could be part of it too remember how was that 10 where you couldn't do that in the original like you had to sit through the cutscene? yeah i'm pretty sure yeah that's it's a tough so time I, I don't know i wouldn't be it says various skip features so hopefully they would add something in there too especially if there's grinding involved it is nice to speed that grind up but We'll see, we'll see. Moving into our little Red Dead block of Ender, we got some, well, basically some sad news out of our Rockstar. Just back to back to back, really. Yeah, uh, it started with the news that fans of Red Dead Online were planning a funeral for the game because apparently the online component of Red Dead Redemption 2 has just been fucking languishing. Yeah. Just, I remember like when I played through it, and I tried to get... This was before there were, like, bounties or anything. Right at launch, there was not right a lot to do. Rough. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like it didn't get much better. It just... And that was years ago now. Yeah, I don't... I never kept up with it, so I don't know if it got any better. I'm sure it got better, because otherwise people wouldn't have kept playing it, but it sounds like they've just completely... They've come out and just been like, you'll get some sort of updates to certain playlists and stuff, but there's going to be no major content coming out for... For Red Dead Redemption Online, so. Which sort of then leads into a uh, Kotaku report that states that GTA 6 is now Rockstar's main focus. Uh, They will be moving away from Red Dead Redemption, oh, the the Red Dead Redemption remaster, rumoured, 
and the uh, GTA 4 remaster that was supposedly in the works, although I don't know that we ever got official confirmation of that. The saddest of all is also there was a report on Push Square saying that the Red Dead Redemption 2 PS5 upgrade is also being put on hold or has been abandoned altogether for GTA 6, which makes me very sad and it goes back to what I'm going to buy on PC so I can finally play Red Dead in all of its glory at 60 frames a second. Yeah, like and it is 4K. glorious. I know. I wanted. To, I just. I'm just sad. I just, it's just disappointing. I know GTA Six will probably be like a crazy genre defining game or some shit. Hopefully, I don't know. They seem to do that pretty much consistently. It's understandable that they they stop doing uh, the rumored GTA Four remaster remake because their trilogy, the GTA trilogy, was hot garbage at launch and maybe still is. I haven't even looked, but widely panned for very very poor performance and just a poor job all around i actually i worry about gta 6 because this will be the first game in the series without the hauser brothers this will be the first one where they were not involved they left in 2020 look maybe they wrote some scripts or something but they're fucking long gone this is we are not getting red dead redemption 2 we are not getting gta 5 out of this it's it's new writers now (laughs) So Wait, what do you mean we're not getting GTA 5 I and just, Red Dead Redemption 2? In my mind, we don't get... It would be a fluke if we that got a level the of... same... Yeah. They, they've what been were, there what, since... Were they the writers? Yeah. yeah. They're like, they were everything. Like, the tone, the humour, all of that was these... The Hauser brothers. Interesting. I didn't realise they'd left. Where'd they go? Uh, I think they just fucking took the money and ran. They were making so much money. Like, after Red Dead Redemption 2, they were just like, look, we've had enough, like... We're out. Interesting. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, Sam Hauser, one of the brothers, is still the president of Rockstar, but he's not working on the games in that capacity. He's yep. still like a an exec. Uh, Dan Hauser did leave, and he's taking a quote extended break. <laughs> and yeah, it's been as years, you would with your so. millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars, as you would. Mm. As you would. Look, that is actually brutal. I didn't realize that they were gone. So. That is going to be interesting for for GTA 6. I guess it'll be... The proof is we'll we'll be in the pudding on that one. Yeah. I mean, they're incredible games anyway, but the the tone and the humour is so much of it. Like The writing is a big part of it, those games. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Anyway, I'm just sad about Red Dead 2. I just... I can't believe they're going to just let that languish. We got a low-key show this week. It was called the Nacon Connect. And I've, I've just kind of been seeing it bubbling up everywhere. This is like a smaller publisher... Games you probably wouldn't be familiar with. I actually went and checked out this Terminator open world survival game, though. I mean, we only got a teaser trailer, but I kind of was trying to look into it. I think that's a really cool idea. Like, an open world survival game in the world of, like, like the, the you know, the fucked up future of I Terminator. Get it. Where it's just... I get it. I feel like it's just missed the boat. Like, do people care? I don't think people care about Terminator anymore. I want to care about Terminator. I don't do think you? there's been... Yeah, I don't think there's been much good in a while, but, like, I love the concept. I've always loved the concept of, like, fucking Skynet. I love Skynet. The <laughs> T-1000, dude. Just watch iRobot, then. It's, like, the same thing. <laughs> there was, and I also watched, um, there was, like, a, a show a couple of years ago that was, like, a pretty decent TV show. It, I can't remember what it was called. It was, like, Retribution or Judgment or some shit. Yeah, super decent. It probably got... Cancelled after a season. <laughs> uh, I just don't think people care about Terminator anymore. And I don't, like, 
I just don't unless unless the only way that I think this is successful is if they're going to tie in like a remake of the original Terminator movie. Well, here you go. So all we have is the official blurb. It says you play as a group of nuclear apocalypse survivors fighting to stay alive in a time period between Judgment Day and the creation of John Connor's resistance movement. So it's sort of like in between the final movie and the, you know, the future they would flash forward to. Like I get it. I get it. Yeah. I, just, I don't get it. You know what I mean? I get it. I just don't get it. Sarah Connor, <laughs> come with me if you want to live. <laughs> I like this shit. I'm, uh... I, I don't know. I just think that it's just, this is like 15 years too late, it feels, you know? This is just the world we live in. Everything will be recycled forever. Isn't there another like Ghostbusters coming out soon? Aren't we Apparently, them? that uh, the Ghostbusters with the kid from Stranger Things. What's it called? Afterlife. Apparently, it's actually pretty good. Yeah, interesting. But you hate Ghostbusters, so I don't even know why we're talking about it. I never liked Ghostbusters. You're right, and I'd like that on the record. Yeah, you're weird. Speaking of miss the boat. Fucking nice, dude. Yeah, we finally Thank got you. to see Skull and Bones in action. Uh, it's coming in November. Crucially, it releases the day before a little game, a little indie game called God of War Ragnarok. Now, I actually am quite interested in this game, weirdly. Did you actually watch the gameplay trailer I sent you? Like, we got a cinematic and then there was like 15 minutes of gameplay. I did. I did watch it. I I don't know. The, the cinematic trailers look so good. And then oh, you yeah. get into the gameplay trailers and you're like, oh, it just looks so not as good. You know? Yeah. It's it's interesting because I think uh, in earlier iterations, you couldn't even get off the ship. Now they've added these fucking Ubisoft ass settlements, just like we were talking about earlier. Like you walk yeah. around and like everyone's doing their thing. But I like, I like that kind of naval combat. Like even oh. what we saw in like, you know, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, like this looks more detailed than that. It does. It, I just think this Definitely. this is coming out. This is coming out of the ashes of Assassin's Creed Black Flag, mm. and I, they had to add non-ship things because, as much as I enjoyed that naval combat in Black Flag, if that's all I did, I would be less into it. You know what I mean? And uh, they've fleshed it out for sure, but I just don't think we were kind of talking about Ubisoft earlier before we recorded, and I know that you love that I'm saying it when I don't like <laughs> that you say it, but it's when the best conversations think- happen. I don't think Ubisoft games are very good, generally. And I, no. I just don't think they are. It's With the exception of, like, The Division. Even that, I feel like, you know, it's been a couple of years since there's been something good. I feel like they're in danger of being snapped up. That sounds crazy to Maybe say. Maybe they but... should be, though, because I feel like they're stagnant and they just... I, we will, I was looking at the list of the games that they have on their website and, like... There's like this, Avatar, The Division, Resurgence, or whatever it's called, which is maybe going to be interesting. Uh, I don't really care about any of the Ghost Recon games. They're just kind of bad. Like Wildlands was laughably bad, in my opinion. Yeah. Wildlands, was that the one? Anyway, I just think that they haven't really made a really good game in a long time. Like Rayman Legends was my favorite Ubisoft game ever. I'm just saying, what's it? Mine, mine probably is Valiant Hearts, which is an incredible game. Yeah. Did you ever play that? I did play Valiant Hearts and uh, Child of Light came out around the same time, both yeah. from the, what was that called? Ubi, Ubi Works or Ubi, there was some little, they did a special yeah. little thing where they were doing some cheaper little... indie-ish style games and they were way better than a lot of their AAA stuff. And 
everyone loved it and classic Ubisoft, they just never followed it up. And and, f- and like, what have you got? Like Far Cry, which is just the same thing, rinse and repeat. I wanted to like Far Cry 6 more than I think I did. Uh, ultimately, it was more of the same. I wanted it to be different. I really did. But Like they made slight gameplay improvements, but it feels to me like just rinse and repeat, really. And I, uh, as much as I want this game to be good, I just don't think it's gonna be. And it's also was in like what? How long have they they been developing Skull and Bones for? They showed us this five years ago, six years ago, for the first time. Not, not quite as long as Beyond Good and Evil Two. <laughs> <laughs> Another just Ubisoft game, less. which is just getting fucking rinsed at the moment. So. Look, I think you can actually sign up as a as a playtester, I believe, for Skull and Bones. If you want to, yep. Google it. I don't know what it's called, but just Google it. You can find it. I signed up because this is a classic I want to try before I buy situation. Yeah. So, anyway, it's, it looks fine. I just feel like this is one of those games where I'll be playing online and some fucker who's been playing for 300 hours is going to come up and just rinse me. And I'm going to be like, well, I don't want to play anymore. And their username will be like Long Dong Silver, and they'll fucking <laughs> <laughs> just ravage you. Oh, dude! Honestly, I wouldn't even be mad if Long Dong Silver <laughs> just broadsided my ship, boarded me, yeah. and took all my goods. I'd be like, okay, you, fair you it's it. fair. It's fair. You want it? I'm gonna try and get that game as qu- that name as quick as I can. Honestly. It'll be gone day one. I guarantee. <laughs> That's why I gotta get in that playtest. Get that shit immediately. <laughs> Speaking of fine video games, Govinda, I'm currently looking at this The Lord of the Rings Gollum gameplay reveal trailer, and I I hadn't. I lied to you earlier and said that I'd looked at it. I hadn't looked at it. Now I'm looking at it, and I'm unimpressed. I'm unenthused. Speaking of games that don't look great. Who asked for this? No one. That's, That's the answer. I would love, like, an actual Lord of the Rings game, but this just looks bad the character models look so janky 41 seconds we get we get a shot of gandalf and the fucking wood elf king and they both look like absolute dog shit they look shiny you read my mind i was literally at that exact point i was like gandalf looks (laughs) like yeah wet why is his beard made of actual silver this seems to be set i don't really know where it's set somewhere between the hobbit and the lord of the rings presumably but it's Uh, like why is he? I just don't understand. He's kind of like not quite so golemy. He's got a bit of hair. He's like a, he's talking. He looks a- like a child. I don't understand what's happening, dude. Like the all the trailers that we saw of this game before this made it made me think this game was going to be like graphically beautiful, and that was going to draw me in. And now I'm finally seeing it. and I was like, it just actually looks really bad for today's day and age. If this was on a PS3, I'd be like, that's pretty good. Yeah, weird. The pedigree is. Not great. So it's developed by Daedalic Entertainment, who did this game called Shadow Tactics Blade of the Shogun, which I've seen fucking floating around forever. I've never played it, but it's like, you know, it looks all right. There's nothing you would really know here. It's like Ken Follett's The Pillars of the Earth. You remember that, So we can pretty much just write off Lord of the Rings Gollum, I'd say, and we just move on with our lives. I had hope that it was maybe going to be interesting, and then I saw the gameplay, and I was immediately turned off. And it's probably why it's taken so long for us to see gameplay. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I just that's the one that really blows me away, like how that got approved. I don't know that anyone that's going to be a bomb, big time. Yeah, awful. 
here's an interesting one, actually. So this this is kind of an interesting story. We talked about it a few weeks ago that the quarry, when it released, there was meant to be another gameplay mode called Wolfpack mode. Uh, and it was delayed, and apparently it was because the developers were in Kiev in Ukraine, uh, and they Kiev? had to Kiev, Kiev. I'm pretty Kiev. sure it's, it's. I'm pretty sure it's Kiev. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to challenge you on that. Okay. So it's actually both. It can either uh, be in. Oh no! In the actual, it can either be K Y I V or K I E V. It's been known as both throughout its long history. Okay. I. Any news I've ever heard about Ukraine is talking about Kiev. But sure, dude. I'll let you. I'll let this be a win-win. <laughs> Keep this in. I want them to hear this. So, Stephen, I know you're listening to this and I know your wife is from Ukraine. Please correct me when we go to the gym next. It is Kiev, correct? I'd like to know that, but I will continue. I'll send you a video of of Stephen correcting you if if that (laughs) is the case, okay? So, yeah, uh, apparently the developers had to actually smuggle a server out of the country. They got it to Poland. And then... And this was... You know, right around the time the game was launching. So this mode was delayed. It's finally in. Um, and it sounds pretty interesting. Like, I'm never going to play this game again. But what it is, is like you can have up to seven people, I believe, watching you and they can vote on your actions. Interesting. And so it is more of a communal experience. It's like streamer mode. But I don't know. I think that's pretty cool. It's like I guess I guess so. I'm never playing this game again. I literally replied to someone on Twitter who was saying, "Should I play it? I was interested in buying it." And I replied with, "Wait for a sale." Yeah, I think I think I stand by that. Full price, dude. I just can't believe that they thought they could get full price for this. I like that we went halves in it though. That was kind of a nice precedent. Ultimate play. Even that like even $50 for this game for me, I'm like, "Oof, that's a tough swallow." You know what though? Like looking back, it was a pretty good couple of nights that we sat down and did it like we had nice dinners like just settled in for a few hours it was a pretty good experience even if the game ultimately wasn't as good as i yeah. wanted it to be yeah i'm hoping that if they give up they now that they can give up on stadia completely if they the next f- game they can really delve into because i think they've got the skills to do it i just think this was a bit of a war in ukraine and stadia bombing and i think there was just a lot of factors at play that maybe contributed to this being a little lackluster yeah right I don't really have a spin for this one, Govinda, but Forspoken has been delayed again. It's already been delayed several times. It is now not going to come out until the 24th of January, 2023. And I continue to feel nothing for this game. Just nothing, nothing at all. Yeah, the hype's really just, there's nothing left for me either, honestly. I was even, I saw it and I was like, this looks interesting. It could be cool. I think the effects look fun. Combat could be interesting. But now I'm just like, I don't care anymore. Forspoken. Mm. Let's do a little bit of math here. I guess that's not quite God of War te- territory. It was originally stated, uh, slated for the 11th of October. Before that, it was slated for the 24th of May. Uh, I wonder why. Maybe they're getting this feedback. People are not enthused. And Yeah, I'd say possibly that and maybe... I know they could have internal playtesting going on and people are just like, I'm not having fun or... Like, I, I don't know. I don't understand, but I I just don't feel the urge to want to play this game from what I've seen so far. So maybe, that, maybe they're just trying to get it out of the end of the year, dude. Like, what, you're going to release this on October 11th? I, I don't know. You got to deal with The Last of Us. 
It's just, yeah, I really don't know what's going to happen with this one. I don't know what they're expecting. Like, it's billed as AAA, but it has none of the draw. And even, like, it's pedigree, like, Luminous Productions, we've talked about it, like, Final Fantasy XV. It's an incredible game. It's just not, it's, like, got flaws, too. Like, it's... Well, yeah, it's, I guess it's not even that. I think it's it's hard to make a new IP. Like, it's hard to make a new IP that people care about. Yeah. So, I think maybe you just want to get it right the first time, so they're just going to take some more time just to polish it, which it, by the looks of things, probably needed, and let's just let it let it stew, you know? Let it simmer until it's absolutely you know, ready. I think I've identified what my problem with this is. Govinda, are you familiar with the term dark academia? No. Dark academia, from what I understand, I want to be very clear to everyone that I have not dabbled, but this is a literary subgenre uh, that the youths, the kids are into. It's the YA novels. And these yeah. are sort of like, it's like Harry Potter, but it's like a little more dangerous and sexy, you know, like, <laughs> ooh, it's dark academia. It's like, like you're also dealing, whole- I guess they do in Harry Potter too, but you're dealing with like love triangles and teen drama a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, yeah. It's like the uh, the CW equivalent of Harry Potter. Yeah, maybe, and like maybe a little bit of, um, you know, the Hunger Games thrown in. Like there's yeah, more yeah, of a okay. violent edge to it too. Yeah. But this screams that to me. It's like yeah, that yeah. sort of magic and trying the to be writing, trendy. The witty, and... trendy, cool writing. I'm with you. I'm with you. It's a tough one. Watch out for Dark Academia though. I'm telling you, it's coming. We're going to be drowning in it soon. In case this... You all haven't caught on yet. It's kind of a slow news week, so we're just doing a lot of little stories. We're we're going. Oh, there back is to the no world. news of the week. I don't think we mentioned that. Oh no, front. we didn't. We, no, we didn't no, even talk no news about of the that week this week. It's all small shit. Just we're just drowning. Whatever. Shut up. <laughs> uh, I loved this one. This was another high point for me. Uh, Elden Ring has been beaten, Govinda, with a new input. Of course, the rage on social media since the launch of this game is people playing it in unorthodox ways. Uh, the latest is this guy, Omunchkin13, he used this software to convert his keyboard controls to an actual keyboard, like a piano. Like a piano. And he, and he beat the game. But the, the piece de resistance of this is that he wouldn't pay for the pro version of Bone MIDI Translator. So every 20 minutes, it shuts down. And so, like, he could be mid-boss fight and this little error message pops up and goes, hey, upgrade to the pro version, and he just <laughs> won't. And he just eats it. And he, yeah, he it, took him, it took him 40 hours, but he did it. That's uh, like and then he this, beat my playthrough. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> he's obviously, you know, played through yeah, a bunch he's good of times, knows what he's doing. The but interesting thing me, I thought when I saw, when I was watching this video, is it, it, it seems like he can't control the camera. At least yeah, I don't know he, can how that maybe, works. he can he can maybe control the pan, but he can't control the tilt because there was a bit where he dies and he was like, I can't see, like he I can't yeah. see the jump because I can't look down. Uh, which I thought was really interesting too. It's worth watching. It's called I Beat Elden Ring with a Piano. Uh it's it's well done. This led me down a rabbit hole. Uh of course, Godric was beaten with a banana. Uh that's a fun one. They like hook up all these electrodes up to a to banana. To one banana? I think it's a series of bananas. But yeah, I was going like, to say, because there, there, someone did this with Dark Souls where they had a bunch of bananas like on the table and they just would you, do weird hand movements to like connect the bananas when they needed to. And like, it was strange. And then uh, a professional harpist beat Margit with a harp. That's cool. I don't even know how you would set that up. It's honestly like once you actually watch it, you're like, oh, I get it. It's like, it's not that crazy. It would be like, 
it would be like using a keyboard and mouse in my mind. Like it's just each button still does the same thing. Once you know where the buttons are, like you just learn it. It just looks cooler. But you have no input like a mouse or joystick. But you do have an up, down, left, right. So you still just like hold. Well, I guess that would be the them. trick. Because so you you need to be able to move with your like your WSD oh, yeah, or, right. your, or one or your one joystick, but you also need to be able to move a camera, and that's why I think he was struggling with the camera with the piano, was but you don't still, have you don't have that option. I guess realistically, you couldn't. I wonder if they have diagonals, but you would only have eight directionals. That would be eight notes that would need to just be uh, your like WASD movement, and then camera controls as well. But if you did direction like diagonals, that would be sixteen plus the face buttons, plus the... You've lost me. Yeah, it's a lot. I think you've lost everyone listening too, but I think the problem you have is like with a mouse and key... With a mouse, right, you've got you've got the ability to move the mouse, but you also have buttons on it. With a controller, you have the ability to move the camera, but you're also still attacking with R1 and R2, so you can still be doing things while moving the camera. The problem with a keyboard is if you want to move the camera, you, you have to completely stop other inputs completely. Yeah. So it's, it is impressive. I don't know why people do this to themselves. I guess for the views... It's for the views for the and the fans. viewers. Well, that was the funny thing. Like, I wrote a story on Push Square about this guy, like the piano thing. I went to his YouTube channel and he had like 80 subscribers. You're like, how have you not blown up? And I was, I got to this story like a few days late. Did you subscribe? No. Yeah, exactly. You went for the one yeah. thing that was interesting to you and there was no need to subscribe. That's why consistent content is important. I'd be interested to see if it's changed since I did this. <laughs> I just don't care. We're spending so long on the two articles that have the least relevance to anything. But they're the most fun. <laughs> no, he's still got under 100 subscribers. Sorry, dude. I tried to boost you. I don't. I guess I, it was beyond even my powers. Yeah, nah. Again, people don't care about someone's channel unless they're doing regular cool stuff. The one-offs will just get a bunch of views on that one video and then no one subscribes. Moving right along, Govinda. The Last of Us Part 1 the eagerly anticipated remake, has gone gold. This is a big deal. It's coming. It's coming yeah, soon. Yeah, cool. I guess I... Yeah. It is coming very soon, by the way. Like, we're talking six weeks. Yes. Yeah, it's like... It's kind of sneaking up, I think. Second second of September. And I guess... Are you going to get it? Are you going to play it? Are you going to get it? Are you going to buy it? I'm conflicted. I feel like I want to play two again. I don't... I think I've beaten... The original The Last of Us three times, all the way through. I don't think mm-hmm. I need to, um, but if it was like on a sale, if it was free, I might check it out. I don't know that I can play through the whole first game again. I think I'm probably done. Uh, I'm interested. I, I, I'll be so interested to see if they do diff- something different in it. Like they just they adjust it, they edit it, they change. Like I don't know. I if it's just beat for beat the same, I'm gonna be like a little bit. I obviously will integrate the the dlc in there as well but i just if it's beat for beat the same i just really struggle to think that it's going to be worth the money and you're not alone govinda because currently on push square we're running a poll uh it is simply do you think the last of us part one is a quote cash grab now there's a lot of discussion about whether this is a cash grab whether all remasters are simply a cash grab right now three and a half thousand people have voted 61% 61% say yes, it's unnecessary, it is a cash grab, uh, and 39% say no. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call it like a cash grab. I think the price is a bit ridiculous. I do. For the, the value yeah. proposition of charging me $120 for a game that we've technically played before, and obviously gameplay is upgraded with Last of Us 2 stuff, and the engine looks better, and whatever. 
and you've included the DLC in there, but we don't get factions gameplay, which was in the original game, so we're losing value there. And I just, we've played it before. Like, the story is one of the most compelling parts of this game, and you're going to tell me it again for full price when I've already bought the remaster on PS4 and I've already played it on PS3 and bought that one as well. I think that's the the miss here. And I know PlayStation's got this thing where they're like, we're releasing a first-party game. This is how much they cost, always. It's like a blanket yep. rule, it seems. But I think this was begging to be released day one on the PlayStation Plus premium service. Yeah. As a rope people in, we'll still yep. offer it at full price. But like, why wouldn't you just subscribe to the service if you can get this game on it? And especially if Naughty Dog is working on other games as well, and this isn't necessarily like the primary focus, it just seemed like an easy win to get people into the service. And now they're like, nah, fuck you. $120 each shit. And it is further compounded. Like, it's so funny. Like, the fan base is so toxic around these games now that even this story has been twisted and warped. So, principal environment artist at Naughty Dog. Anthony Vaccaro came out and said for the first time in his 13-year career at Naughty Dog, working on The Last of Us Part 1 was the first time he did not crunch. So think about that for a second. Like, obviously, that's a good story. You're like, cool, you didn't burn yourself out. But it also means you didn't have to work real hard on this. (laughs) Or at least it implies that. It implies that maybe this was... There wasn't too much to do. Like, but. Look, we, and that's kind of, I think, where the, the value proposition comes in again, too, right? Where I'm like, you are kind of like, obviously, you're remaking stuff. That's fine. But you have references. You don't have to build stuff necessarily from the ground up. Yeah. Like, this is what the layout is. Let's just make it look nicer. And so, I think the, the full price is, is brutal. And I know people are like, don't buy it then. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's short and fine and dandy. But it doesn't look good for the brand, for them to be like, here's a game that yeah. came out 10 years ago with a remaster we did three years after that. And then we're going to do another one take it. I think it's very hard to say what it's ultimately worth, but I- I'm on record as saying as I think this was worth doing because now forever when someone buys a PS5, they can play both of these games as it- they were intended. Like this is a continuous project. And to me, like, I think as that's they were intended. It. They were intended as they were intended when they were originally released, when it was originally re- well, now, released on well, PS3, but now they're in parallel and they Yeah, they're in are line. on par with each other, which like I'm all for. I just I- as somebody who buys all my own games, I think, oh, well, we share, I guess, kind of. But I just, I think it's $125 in Australia. Yeah. Like, that's fucked. I just, I'm really, like, I can't stop focusing on that and feeling like it, it is, is a really Because you, yeah, you lose the multiplayer completely. I've I honestly, like, maybe this is some fucking first world privileges going on here, but I've never really, like, worried too much about the money I spent on games. But ever since the PS5 and, like, that hike from, like, $99 to $125, like... Now I definitely... sometimes. It used to be a 109. Yeah, that was rare. But, like, that but would But now happen. it's, like, the 125. I'm like... <sighs> yeah, no, now I really do think about it. I'm like, do I need this? Like, can I just wait? It's going to go down. Like, that's... I've never done that before in my life. Like, it also comes just... with just the sheer amount of games you can play now. Like, I don't need to play this day one and that's kind of my thinking on it right now it's like sure it comes out then but i'm this is an easy wait for a sale for me like even before i've even played it i'm sure unequivocally last of us two gameplay is more refined and better than the the original game so i'm excited for that change for sure but i don't feel like it's necessary for me to play this again yeah now real question real talk can this can this be included in game of the year discussions I think we really need to have a sit down and hash out the rules for that. My 
My instinct is to say yes. Yes, I think it should be because it did release this year. It is different. It's a different skew. Sure, it's based on something else, but I don't know. I think it should be allowed. Even if I I understand all the arguments against it, but I think... Why wasn't the remaster allowed then? (laughs) I don't know how, but this seems more than that. It is. I, Even I if guess it, it isn't. Because is, they apparently remade everything from the ground up, new character models and everything. And I, I get it. Yeah. Just, it just is an interesting one. Like, even if it's amazing, I'll, even if it gets, if it's absolutely amazing, 10 out of 10s everywhere. And I, and I, I just, I couldn't give it game of the year just on the fact that I've played it before. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? It's one it's game like, of the year before. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a very tough one. Because, like, I don't know who said this, but I saw someone, maybe on Twitter, this isn't like, like, why don't people get all fucking up in arms about every remaster then. Why is it this one? I understand this the is a remake. It's, I get it. Because no, I get it all that. It's because there was a re... Like, I, someone compared this to Demon Souls being remastered or remade. I think yeah. it was about 10 years was the difference on that, which is very similar to The Last of Us original on PS3 and this. And the problem is that they already sold us a full-price remaster on PS4. And so the argument against that was like, well, Demon Souls, I couldn't play it on PS4. There's no back compatibility. Yeah. You have to play it on PS3, but they made a really good remaster on PS4 and you can still play that and it's fine. So I think I get all that. I've heard all that. I totally get it. That's fine. Whatever. I think the difference is that at the end of the day, Demon Souls, fantastic video game. This is the last of us. It's the best video game ever made. Probably the greatest story in games, and I don't think it's even close. And somehow that gets lost in the conversation. You're like, this isn't like, you know, this yeah. is the last yeah, of fair. us. It's like, it's like you're getting such quality. It's not like you're getting a shitty remaster or something. It's like, but I'd rather them remake Chrono Trigger. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm, that's a whole other kettle of fish. No, Chrono Trigger is one of the games you honestly don't really need to remake. It still holds up because of the way it was, you know? Yeah. I would like a remaster, though, like a ported remaster, like just like big, you know, just make it nice. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> anyway, look, I, it's right. a, this is a classic, just spend your money how you want to spend your money. If you want to spend the money on it, do it. I don't think I will at this point in time. Things change, but I just, I, I just don't think I can do it. Yeah. Unless you we'll do see. it and then I get it for free. I really don't want to buy it. I feel like I'm not going to buy it, but let's see. I was going to say at best, maybe we should split it, but even still, it's 60, 60 bucks each. And I'm yeah. like, that's, even that's like, fuck, do it I want that? <laughs> Finally, Govinda, we got the late breaking news. Actually, it was yesterday. It's fine. Uh, Jade Raymond's Haven Studios has caught the attention of the architect, the man himself, Mark Cerny. He's, he's coming on board. And I don't know, I still feel nothing for this studio. <laughs> it was also announced that uh, the paperwork went through. Haven Studios is officially a first-party PlayStation studio now. We've sort of known that for several months, but I think, like, the ink is It's been finalised. Like yeah, it's yeah, been finalised now, so it's official, officially done. Look, this is interesting. I don't know how involved he is. Like, he's definitely... He's involved, but I don't know what his role is. Is he just a consultant? It's not super clear. Uh, but I was just having a little look at Mark Cerny's pedigree because he he he's the architect he he made he designed the ps4 and the ps5 and if anyone remembers the launch of the ps3 and its absolute debacle that was the cell architecture cerny was like nah this is not the play let's me let's make something the industry will actually enjoy and and he did a very good job with the ps4 and the ps5 uh but before all of that he was making games and he is 
deeply ingrained in PlayStation at large. Uh, we he was in he was doing Spyro, Crash Bandicoot, Jack and Daxter. He was part, Uncharted, Resistance, Fall of Man, Resistance Two, God of War Three, Killzone Three, Last Guardian. This guy has been around and he's been involved in iconic PlayStation franchises across the board. He also made Knack, but we don't talk about that. And Knack Two, <laughs> how Knack you know, got a sequel, I don't know. But apparently, apparently they're not terrible. I've never played them. I've just heard they're I awful. Bring myself, yeah, I couldn't bring myself yeah. to do it. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, very funnily enough, and I didn't know this until looking into it today, but he, he was also the technical producer on Death Stranding. Yeah, that's so interesting, isn't it? But, uh, like, what does that mean? What, how involved know. was he? Well, like, he technically produced it. <laughs> isn't, isn't technically. That, uh, that's how it works, right? Uh, so, but, that, like, even, like, both the Spider-Man games, Miles Morales, Marvel Spider-Man, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, he was involved in. This guy gets around and I don't, I would be presuming that he is in a consultant role and not deeply in the dev team or anything like that, uh, which is, hey, based on that pedigree, he's good at making hits, Knack and Knack 2 excluded from that, obviously. I'm just, I just don't care about this studio, what they're trying to do. Like, I've never really, outside of Destiny, cared for service games and that's what Haven's doing apparently. They're leading. Yeah, yeah, they are leaning I'm, into the server stuff. I'm looking at uh, Games Radar's reporting from back in March, and yeah, Haven Studios and Bungie will lead PlayStation's charge into the world of live service multiplayer. And like again, the proof is in the pudding. We'll see what they come out with, but it's not my kind of game. It's not what I want. It's not for me. Uh, look, I think it's it's not even necessarily the game they're going to make, but it seems like they're putting a lot of money into R and D. Yeah. Uh, and they've also gotten a very, quote-unquote, very senior engineering team. Uh, they're focused on, like, cloud stuff, and I think it's more about building a infrastructure that's scalable, and it avoids... They were saying, like, to avoid a lot of the bottlenecks that these sorts of games uh, kind of come across a lot. So I think it... Uh, like, I'm not against it. I just... I don't know. There's something about this studio acquisition that we don't know. There's something there that we don't yeah. know about because it was so out of the blue. They'd never made a game before. Jade Raymond had been kind of like, she's done some stuff for sure. Assassin's Creed games and Ubisoft stuff. But like, there wasn't a lot there to be like, hey, let's give you your own studio and a buttload of money. So there's, yeah. there must be something more that PlayStation is just not ready to tell us yet. Uh, but I, look, I, I don't hate service games. Like Destiny is a great example of a very good service game with some problems still, I'd say. But it's just that you look at everything Destiny inspired and there's nothing else like it. Like Destiny is the outlier. Most service games are fucking outriders and no one gives a shit. Like they're average. <laughs> and that's and I'm even looking now, like, remember that Sony's looking to make ten service games by twenty twenty six. Like this is the future now. <laughs> Look, Destiny's the outlier for like first person service games, probably, but there's there's service games that beyond that, like they even mentioned that uh for Raven uh for Raven, for Haven shooters, they're expecting more of an Animal Crossing than a Fortnite kind of thing. And Animal Crossing is a service game. Like there's consistent it's updates. There it's not a service game where you're playing multiplayer all the time. Well, it might be a small component of it. It's just that it's a game that's gonna continually evolve. And so I, I forgot think- to mention in my darkest, darkest moments last night, I downloaded Genshin Impact. Whoa. Yeah, I don't know. I've never played it. You've never played it? A lot of people like it. Uh, there's a big uh, update coming. 
very inspired by Zelda Breath of the Wild for sure. I don't love the idea. Like, you get characters, you have four characters, and you can swap between them, and they just have different moves, and that's kind of how you vary up your combat. Yeah. My ultimate problem with it was I just didn't love that I had to keep swapping characters, and some characters were better than others, and I, then I was like, there's four different currencies or some shit, and like I've got to fucking buy these characters. I don't know. I didn't love it. Sean loves Genshin Impact. I just, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me, personally. It's so fucking weeby. The gliding feels so bad, too. And I don't know why (laughs) that bothered me so much, but it's just like, there's no inertia. Like, you're gliding. As soon as you stop gliding, you drop directly down. And I'm like, fuck off. Well, fuck off. Anyway, uh, I digress. Kale, get me the fuck out of here. No, wait, that's my, that's your, that's what you say to me. Yeah, all this talk of average games just makes me want to play Tarkov, so let the good people know where they can find us, and I will enter the world of PC gaming. Uh, if you just look under your boot, that, that's where we are usually, just under the boot of the man. Uh, now, you can find us on Instagram if you want to, but Kale's in charge of that and nothing happens. Or you can find us on Twitter where your dog's in charge and shit is popping <laughs> off. Instagram, Twitter, at LongLivePod. Linktree's there for our individual shit if you want to find us. We actually have a YouTube too if you want to watch Kale play games while you listen to the podcast. That's kind of fun and cool. It is kind of fun. very slow at uploading stuff as last week's episode is only being uploaded today. We've it's talked about it. I've never, except for exceptional circumstances, missed a post of this podcast. And I'm a busy man mm. too. So no excuse is good enough. You should have had it preloaded almost. You should have had it pre-done. But hey, I live that's outside just my the two law. cents. Yeah, I'm, an, okay. I'm a loner, an outsider. You are, <laughs> you're a loner and you lack any sort of drive and purpose. You're a disappointment to me and all of your family. I've been me. Kale has... I've been me. This has been episode 58. Goodbye. Goodbye.